Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also Running on Ice, a newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Today, we're joined by the one and only Jason Cook, Director of Operations at Cardinal Health. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having us, Mary. I'm pretty excited about today because I feel like we've just kind of started getting into more of the the pharma and the medical cold chain transportation side of things, and that is your whole thing. But before we get too far into that, let's get some background on you and how you ended up at Cardinal Health. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So February will actually be my 12th year here with Cardinal Health. Um, Prior life, I spent on the retail side. So coming up and after getting my education, uh, I thought that being in retail, something I wanted to do, really like helping people. I really liked hearing their stories. Uh, I worked at a sporting goods store. So every time I got to hear about the next hunting adventure or, you know, the basketball travel event or whatever the case may be, uh, it was always good to hear that feedback from the customer. Um, so I spent about 10 years there. Uh, and then I, I really was searching for, um, not to say that, you know, working in retail wasn't purposeful, but something that actually made a difference, so to say. And um, I didn't know if I was going to become, you know, a president of the United States or join the military to make a, a big difference. So I thought that, you know, what can I do from a career perspective to help with that? And uh, logistics is something that's always intrigued me. Um, so when I found, uh, you know, the opportunity at Cardinal Health, there uh, was the position for me to come in and work on the transportation side and really learn uh, how things work and how it moves throughout the supply chain and um why not work with supply chain and delivering drugs that are, you know, critical to patients and people like me and you that need that every day. So um, 12 years ago today, uh, actually 12 years ago in February. So pretty close to my uh, reunion. I mean, if only we could have just had our timing a little bit better. We could have done it on the day and had a little happy 12 years. Um, but I'm sure Cardinal will take care of that. Um, I And you, you did kind of hit the nail on the head there of, uh, you know, finding something that really makes a difference and helps people. Um, I mean, you know, on behalf of people that use medical medical supplies, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely meaningful when you can go home. You know, we don't get to be there for every procedure or get to be there with every doctor that administers this stuff. But knowing that we were kind of the the wind beneath their wings, so to say, uh, that that kind of helps us go purposeful when we go home. We appreciate that. Um, so something that you have to deal with, um, which obviously now more so now than, you know, during the summer is winter weather. Um, I know that it's kind of that, uh, right now, or at least where I am, we're hovering right around like 30 to 37 degrees. So like sometimes it's freezing, sometimes it's not, and we're supposed to get some rain. So it's always like a fun, is it going to ice? Is it not? Um, but that's something that like you guys have to plan for. Like if it's icy and I have plans out, I just don't go to those plans because it's icy or the roads could become dangerous but um you know you guys aren't really allowed to just be like that's it's kind of icy i think we're gonna keep the trucks home because it's gonna get a little icy um so you know how do you guys how do you guys plan for that especially now that you know there's winter storms just kind of taking over the country at seemingly random yeah, no, that's a good question. You know, uh, especially, I, I guess it was in 21 where we had the winter storm, Yuri, that came through, um, you know, and it shut down here in Middle Tennessee for about a week. Uh, and, you know, obviously during those times, we're we're dependent upon all the couriers and carriers throughout the supply chain. 
Uh, and I think we learned a lot there, right? Having a lot of con contingency plans or continuity plans on, hey, if you know parcel carrier A isn't moving, then how can I pivot to move to somebody else that is? And you know, granted, we support over 160 different manufacturers. So depending on what's happening here in Middle Tennessee, we have to think about, hey, all the other places in the country, what's happening there? Um, so, you know, uh, one of the things that we do is partner with our manufacturers and it's around communication and it's about how do we set the tone and plan for these things when they do happen and not be kind of left in the dark when that when it pops up. Um, so, you know, I referenced 21 because I think we learned a lot of things about having, uh, you know, agreements in place with other carriers, um, having some sort of uh, contingency around capacity, right? So if a, if a truck gets shut down somewhere in Nashville, how can I ship drug products from a different facility? Um, so we learn to kind of understand inventory levels from our manufacturers, um, understand what their needs are from their customers so we can ultimately help them when something like that pops up. I feel like that has to be extremely crucial because what was it? I think last week, um, the New England was under like, I don't know, like 12 inches and up amount of snow. And they had like they were had like a blizzard for like a day or two, which I know isn't a lot to them. But, you know, when you've got a foot or two of snow, it does take a minute for the roads to become passable and everything like that. Whereas, you know, parts of I'm sure Florida and Georgia were having like, you know, 60 and delightful um, snow never hurt of her. Um, so I feel like that has to be really crucial because then, like you said, if the people up in like the Northeast are getting absolutely pummeled, well, obviously you're not going to be able to ship much out of there. And so then you're going to have to rely on other people that are fine. Um, actually, I guess that's pretty kind of important year round because, you know, the Northeast isn't typically going to get hit by a hurricane, whereas Florida and Georgia and some of those Southern states and the Southeast will. Um, so I feel like that's kind of a year round thing of like, depending on whatever mother nature has brought to us, you guys are like, don't worry, we'll just shift a little. Yeah, you're right. You know, again, not only winter storms, like you alluded to hurricanes are one things, uh, you know, tornadoes happen a lot, obviously in the West and the Midwest there, um, fires out West that, uh, take place, you know, those are all things that we have to have continuity plans around. And, uh, you know, the continuity plan. Uh, it gets bigger and bigger each year, I believe, so we can kind of be, it's like, well, that's a new one. We need to add that to the list to make sure that we're prepared. Uh, these last four years, fortunately, have been uh, a real testament to adding to that continuity plan. And, it, you know, knock on wood, it set us up for, uh, I guess, whatever comes our way next. Um, but, you know, it, it is crucial. We review continuity plans for our organization twice a year. Uh, and it's just for, you know, to make sure, again, that it, you know, in a fire drill, all of us kind of know what to do, right? If you catch on fire, you know to stop, drop, and roll because that was ingrained into our heads when we were growing up in school. And that's how we have to be here because a patient's life may depend on this drug. And regardless of the snow, the hurricane, the fire, we got to get it there. Um, so, you know, we try to go through all these different scenarios and, and work through the what ifs. Uh, so that way we're ready for when it does occur. Because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I, I really do feel like you hit the nail on the head with everything in the last four years, because not only was it, you know, increased demand, but also, you know, certain states had different limitations on what could and could happen. And then there were different rules for everybody. So I really kind of feel like at this point, like you guys are kind of like, well, not 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 to not to brag, but what else? 
what else haven't we figured out the answer for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Nothing seems to, uh, nothing phases us anymore. You know, it's like, well, just add that to the list. Let's come up with a plan for that. <laughs> well, that's a new one. Give me a minute. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And it's it's mainly, really? That's real? That happens? Uh, you know, so we, we have to plan for Mardi Gras. You know, there are street closures for Mardi Gras. We have to plan for, you know, any other parades that happen during the holidays. So, there's a lot of things that pop up that, uh, you know, in, in a common day-to-day, -day, you know, activity that wouldn't, like, oh, I need to worry about a truck going on to Bourbon Street this week, right? Like, so uh, all of these things are something that we've learned. Now, granted, you know, some some of these things have happened uh, throughout history for, for years, right? But I think that one of the things that has changed a lot is the sensitivity of the pharmaceuticals that are hitting the network today. And you know, a lot of those now have to be temperature controlled and they have to be in a validated, you know, vessel, whether it be a trailer or a cooler that that is going to the final destination. And I think that's the thing is the sensitivity and the efficacy of the drug is dependent upon that. So I think that's the one thing that we've seen grow over the last few years as well as that technology. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's something that we've talked about a couple of times on the show is that, you know, because there is that technological advancement, just, you know, as a like as all of the the world has um that means that you get some more technologically advanced solutions such as you know ther therapies come like customized to your exact situation and you know sometimes they have to be administered within like 72 hours and they have to be kept at like sub-zero temperatures where you know every minute does matter versus you know maybe a, like shipping hospital beds or equipment like it is important but it's okay if you're, if you know, some of your blankets or some of your, you know, medical devices that sit in a closet, like those can, those can sit in like 80 degree weather and for the most part be okay. But, you know, some of those therapies that people need to, you know, live, those have such a short time span on it. So I guess when it comes to, you know, managing things that need to be kept at very cold temperatures and need to be delivered quickly. And also, cause you guys also have you know, other medical supplies that aren't necessarily temperature controlled, but are important, um, like kind of taking all of those and knowing its priority. And then, you know, all the other external factors of the world, like, I guess, how do you even begin to, you know, sort through that? Is it just a heavy reliance on technology or um, kind of how do you use that, to, that internal technology for you guys? How do you use that to kind of keep everything running and making sure things are getting where they're supposed to be? Yeah, no, that's a good question too. You know, it Let's use today as an example. Uh, so our day started this morning really early, uh, receiving notification that the Midwest is forecasted to have 8 to 12 inches of snow over the next couple of days. You know, you have the uh, winter storm Ember, I believe, is still up, impacting the Northeast. Um, so winter storm Finn is coming through. So all of this has kind of been close to our radar here over the last few days. Um, so this morning, we started it with sending notifications out to our partners to say, hey, we know that these areas, there's going to be some impact, um, you know, and some, some of the critical hub sorting facilities, we know that the weather is moving through these areas. So, you know, it might not be impacting the, the final downstream location, but in the interim and the, all the sorting that takes place, you know, there could be some delay there. Um, so in that case, you know, what we ask for our partners is to, hey, communicate with your customers, truly understand who your customer is. Is it a wholesaler? Do they have seven to 14 days of inventory and a miss in the day or two is not going to be a big deal? Or, you know, is it a pharmacy or a small specialty location that doesn't have the infrastructure to 
you know, keep just weeks or, or days even of inventory. They're more of a drop ship model. Um, so that way we can truly understand, hey, do we need to pivot? Do we need to send something sooner before it gets there? Do we need to just hold it? Because, you know, to your point, the sensitivity, we don't want it to get caught somewhere if it has to stay at those sub-zero temperatures or, or super cold or, or whatever the case may be. So uh, we're relying upon them to say, hey, you know, understand from your customer what they need so we can ultimately help with that. Because, you know, somebody is going to be getting into that area regardless of what it is, right? Hospitals still have to operate. Uh, doctors still have to perform their jobs. How can we help bring them what they need? So, you know, it, it, and at that point, we kind of prioritize by criticality, right? So there, there's some drugs that they, they got to have it to live. They got to have it for a surgery, whatever the case may be. And then there's some that's, hey, it can get to me and in, in, in a few days late, it's not going to be a big impact to my everyday life. Uh, so we'll kind of prioritize that way. And then we'll start kind of, uh, I use a baseball term on deck, right? So you have a hitter and somebody is hitting. And then what do you, who do you have on deck and who's in the lineup to be able to pick up that order if for some reason it can't go through its primary transportation? Who can take it and, and see it the rest of the way through? And that's, that's kind of what we put into place. We want to make sure that we have folks on deck that, you know, if, you know, again, carrier A isn't able to deliver, then B, C, D, E, and so on until we ultimately get it delivered. Uh, whether that be during a private courier or, uh, you know, some of the, the big name parcel carriers or, or, or a dedicated truck, whatever the case may be, we're, we're partnering with them also to understand, hey, what's your plan if this storm wipes out, you know, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and it, there's ice everywhere? How can you get to us? Uh, and we'll work through those things and have different scenarios in place for, again, when that time happens. I kind of like that triage approach approach that you have of like, okay, well, like these are the critical ones that we need to make sure get there. And like you said, that communication of making sure that, okay, well, do you have enough if you're shut down for three days? Do you have enough to get through there? Can I get you anything ahead of time? Okay, well, if not, if the whole town shut down, it's pretty reasonable that this small pharmacy is also going to be shut down. So we can kind of shove our resources somewhere else. That way you're not, you know, just putting things places. You're actually getting things where they need to be. And um, if that just means that some people need to hold on to some product, uh, some extra product for a little bit, and uh, you're hoping the weatherman didn't get it wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's another thing. You know, we talked about technology in the pharmaceutical world. Fortunately, you know, with satellite coverage and the weather channel and all of the, the weathermen, you know, Technology has advanced there too. So fortunately, when it comes to whether it be a winter storm or a hurricane or something like that, we kind of have an idea that, hey, something's brewing, right? And we need to go ahead and get ahead of it as, as best as we can. And that technology definitely helps spark those conversations. Oh, absolutely. Because like the other day, our we had a, we, on Friday, we had a, um, a pretty random storm. They're like, oh yeah, it's supposed to snow, but it'll be like, less than a, like a quarter of an inch and it's not going to stick to the roads but you know it's 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 just going to be a little dusting and it was like you know a half inch to almost a whole inch later and it had stuck to the roads and like obviously like none of the highways were plowed or taken care of so it was just kind of like a well you told us something was coming you just undersold it a little bit um but ultimately everything ended up being okay you just kind of got in line and waited for the snow to melt um, but kind of going back to that communication thing that you have touched on a few times, um, what are some of those, since you said that you guys work so closely with your partners, what are some of those key things that it come that comes down to that communication? Like what are some of those crucial tips that you've seen be so successful? 
So I think a couple of things come to mind, right? And the first is when we talked about manufacturers knowing their customers, I think the main thing is, is knowing where their customers are located, right? And a lot of customers, you think about hospital networks or pharmacy networks, you know, they're scattered out all over the country. And, you know, you could have, you know, pharmacy A down in Florida that has no impact at all. It's, you know, mid eighties and there's not even a talk or, or sight of snow anywhere. But when you think about the Northeast, right? It's, it's getting inches of snow. So, uh, you know, wh when it comes down to communicating and when, when we reach out to say, hey, know your customer, we really want to know the specific areas and how can we plan for that? Because yes, again, remember where you're at could be sunny day, happy, but somewhere else in the country, that might not be the case. Um, and you no, know, not only that for the location, but again, going back to what type of customer is that? Is that a, a customer that has the infrastructure to keep more inventory? Are they going to be in a dire need if we're shut down? You know, there's a lot of intricacies there in, in knowing your customer that will really help us operate to ensure that we help them help their customer. Um, you know, I, I use Middle Tennessee as a reference. It's, it's kind of in this awkward spot of we don't always get snow. There's ice, right? And, and no matter how many tire chains you have ice is ice right and you're gonna slide uh so you know we kind of we try to say plan for the worst hope for the best uh that way we at least have a plan with your customer that you know should a, a flight be not able not to make it out of nashville or uh you know whatever the case may be where else in the country can we ship it from to ultimately again make sure that it gets there in time because it's not always about the weather pattern at the end destination it's backing up and seeing where does that package have to go uh, before it gets there. And and that's where I really need the information from our clients to ensure that, hey, if we get all of that answered on the front end, then I can make sure that, you know, we deviate from going through Chicago or deviate from going through Milwaukee, right, where it's heavily influenced snow or ice, wherever the case may be. Uh, those two pieces are, are really critical in determining how a package ultimately gets there. Um, and, and then that, that third piece is that criticality of the drug itself, right? We, we really got to make sure that if this is patient impacting, because it is, don't just assume it's going to make it that way, right? Because when it gets through with the slew of packages that go through the supply chain today, we felt this a few years ago, right? When, uh, you know, COVID hit and, and struck us and then there was the e-commerce boom where everybody was shopping from home. Imagine all of the packages being sorted there and you got Billy's PlayStation right there with Johnny's, you know, medical drug that he needs to to have to sustain them all, right? And um, for us, it's important to make sure that that white glove service exists for these pharmaceutical products. Again, ultimately making sure that it gets to where it needs to go. But those three pieces are, are really critical in knowing um, before we get into that situation to, uh, you know, the what ifs of that weather pattern. I think that's something that a lot of people forget, especially on that, like, kind of like that e-commerce thing that when, you know, e-commerce demand increases, you know, that's the small parcel is how a lot of, you know, drugs and medicines get shipped. And so, you know, when there is that volume, okay, yeah, like, it's not a big deal if my jeans get delayed a day or whatever I'm ordering. It's not a big deal if, you know, that gets delayed a little bit because ultimately, like, I don't need it to survive. But if my medicines are and, you know, it's timed for exactly 
the right shipment, then potentially it's falling out of its desired temperature or it could potentially be contaminated and I can't use it. Or how do I know that it hasn't been contaminated if it shows up a day late? So it's one of those where I think I think a lot of people forget that, you know, when when parcel carriers get overwhelmed and, you know, kind of brought down with packages is that it also affects a lot of the medical supply chain, too, because I know when um, I know earlier last year when there was, you know, some uncertainty around certain uh, parcel carriers, you know, being able to fulfill all the obligations in their network. Everyone's like, well, what does that leave for medical supply chains? Because that one carrier was a pretty big component of it. So I think that's something that a lot of people forget is that, you know, the e-commerce world also brings you whatever you've ordered from Amazon, but it also brings your medical supplies too. Absolutely. And there are a lot of intricate parts that happen, you know, to and from that have to just go flawlessly for that to happen. So, uh, you know, you can imagine to your point, right, when you order something on Amazon and it's at your house in three hours, there was a lot of stuff that happened, the, the duck on the pond, if you will, right? Their legs were moving a million miles an hour to make that happen. And that, you know, that that it's the same thing that occurs to make sure that these pharmaceuticals get to the patients. Absolutely. It just, you just think that it appears and look at that magic. Would you look at that? But then behind the scenes, there was a bunch of people going, no, we'll get it from over here and it's fine. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always use the analogy. I'm a, I'm a big aviation guy. Uh, never made it as a pilot. I, I don't know why. I, it's, it's their their loss, not mine. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I always think about is, you know, a pilot flies that plane and they obviously have to be trained and, and very good at what they do. But there are so many people that go into making sure that that huge airplane lands off, lands and takes off uh, successfully. So, I mean, kudos to all the folks involved and all of the intricate parts and supply chain. It's a it's a it's a very busy industry. That's for sure. It is. And no day is ever the same. And anyone that says that it is, you know, they just they're lying. They laugh through their teeth. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to that continuity planning, right? Like every day is something new. It's like, wow, I didn't know we had to plan for that. My favorite is you get a picture of like a pitchfork stuck in the side of a thing that's supposed to not be frozen and it's frozen. And you're like, well, didn't have that on my bingo card today. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't on my itinerary for today. Didn't have that one on the calendar. All right. Well, we are running out of time, but there is a question that everyone comes on the show has to answer. And it might be the hardest question you're asked all day. Are you ready for it? I, I'm going to try to handle it again. Like I'm ready for it. Continuity planning. That is, here we go. Is cereal considered a soup? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know, my, I'm going to give that a hard no. Um, I think cereal stands in its own category, right? Not only that, you have different types of cereal that go into the category of cereal. Like you have your good cereal and you have cereal you don't want to spend any time with, right? Like you have your comfort cereal, what you had as a child or what's just like, you may be in a bad mood and you get those, you know, cinnamon toast crunch and you feel much better after that, right? Um, but I think that uh, I would put it in its own category. Cereal is critical in everyday lives. You have to have cereal to sustain. Uh, so I'll leave it with that. Uh, think about it. When you're stuck at home because of a winter storm, you want to have cereal. I was going to say, I'm facing a winter storm and I got cereal to keep me warm. Yeah, there you go. Nobody wants a warm soup. Everybody wants a nice comfort cereal. All right, Jason, if anyone wants to reach out to you about their favorite cereal choices or their comfort cereal or, um, you know, kind of developing contingency plans for their supply chain, where can they find you outside the show? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you can check me out on LinkedIn um, and check out our Cardinal Health webpage. Um, there's plenty of ways to, to find me through there. And we have a team of folks that are working, uh, you know, 
around the clock to make sure that we can help out in any way we can. So check us out online at our website. Uh, check us out on LinkedIn and we're happy to help. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. See you on the internet. Thank you.